0: faithwire.com Facebook has shut down kids books on Ronald Reagan and Amy Coney Barrett today's Monday January 3rd, 2022 I'm Dan Andros, love that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire, 4 big stories, 3 things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective, that's what we do here go ahead on over to iTunes, give us a subscribe, make sure you don't let the algorithm decide when you hear this amazing podcast dictate your own content just go subscribe just go subscribe you could do that right now we'll wait we'll
1: wait it is amazing yeah so it's worth it
0: totally totally so all right you got it good all right everyone subscribed joining me now is trey Goins phillips and billy halliwell from cbn's faithwire.com we're all back fellas we're all back happy new year
2: we are here i think this is the first time we've all been together since trey went on his um vacation yes yeah you went under your snow coma. And, and I was uh, gone, and you were gone, Dan. It's kind
0: <laughs> a So now, uh,
1: everybody who's here with us, you have to suffer through this with all three of us yes. now.
0: Yes. It is. Um, <laughs> yes, it's going to be insufferable, but it's also the news it's you need it. from a Christian perspective, because no one else has really yeah. given you that. Let's be honest. That's you, true. You know? And so um, you may as well get that. So, all right, what do we got coming up, fellas?
1: So I'm gonna talk about uh Alcoholics Anonymous. They have a group over in the UK uh, that's been disciplined essentially, uh, for praying during <laughs> their weekly or daily meetings. Isn't so it we'll founded? Isn't it isn't
0: AA founded on a Christian isn't it wasn't it a Christian group to start? I mean, it was, it before, yeah. yeah. It
1: was originally a, it's at least based in Christian principles. So we'll right. talk a little bit about that. All right, yeah, sure. And we've also got a really sad story,
2: unfortunately. Big Daddy Weaves, Mm. Jay Weaver, has passed away. And we'll give you the Mm. details on that story.
0: Yeah, that just happened yesterday. And um, we also... But then we have a positive story here. Uh, Passion is going on again. And that's something the mainstream media always overlooks. You know, whenever tens of thousands of young people gather to uh, praise God, the media is going to find a way to ignore that. So we'll bring you the latest on that. But we are going to start with story number one and facebook has quote-unquote permanently disabled the ads account uh, of a conservative children's book publisher claiming that heroes of liberty which they published books about uh, amy coney barrett ronald reagan and thomas Sowell, they said the the ads violated the company's rules against quote low quality or disruptive content this is one of those uh, rules that Facebook have. It kind of end up being a little ambiguous and sort of vague and you're not really sure exactly what happened, but they, so they were running these ads and um, and the books are authored by uh, Bethany Mandel, who's written for Faithwire before. And we've, we've talked to her before. And so she was out posting about this ban on social media. And so they put all their marketing money into a Facebook and they were, they were running ads and then the, a couple of them, most of them were fine, but a few of them were labeled low quality or, quote, disruptive content, whatever that means. And uh, they ended up locking the account out so they can't promote these books. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where they have these standards and you're supposed to follow certain formats, et cetera, et cetera. But it just seems extreme uh, when you have them actually shut down, especially when the content is like that and it's not shouldn't be controversial at all. But of course there were trolls that were on every post as Mandel said, and they were complaining about Reagan and complaining about Amy Coney Barrett. And so they, they suspect that a lot of these sort of activists sort of trolls were bombarding Facebook with, with uh, lots of uh, comments and complaints. Um, And this happened all right before Christmas. They originally locked the ads account on December 23rd. And after Heroes of Liberty appealed the ruling, the company permanently disabled the account. Um, And so this is uh, what the editor and board member, Bethany Mandel, who I mentioned, said on Fox Business yesterday. She said, the question is, is a children's biography of Ronald Reagan no longer permissible on Facebook? We don't know. But apparently promoting one may well kill a business. Um, She said, we began investing in Facebook four months before we launched our first book invested most of our marketing budget on the platform and now our budget the money we've already spent as well as our assets and data are gone marketing wise we are back to square one financially it's even more challenging she says the the account remains disabled right now and so she didn't want to say that this was an example of anti-conservative bias so this is, this is step two here a uh, point to uh, this is i thought an interesting point by bethany she said we're not in politics. We're, we're in the business of creating beautiful stories about great people that will entertain children and give them life mm-hmm. lessons. And she said to cancel children's books because they celebrate American values that 90% of Americans believe isn't even uh, anti-conservative bias. It's anti-American, pure madness, she said. Um, and so she, they got a screenshot here of um, Facebook's, you know, message to them and the ads manager said this ad account, its ads and some of its advertising assets are disabled because it didn't comply with our policy on low quality or disruptive comments. And so a lot some of this is just like formatting and, and things like that. But it always makes you wonder because these sorts of things don't seem to happen you know, on a book about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Nobody's going, hey, my Ruth Bader Ginsburg book somehow <laughs> fell into these. It didn't use the right pixel count uh, on the images and it, it got disabled. You you never see that. And yeah. ma- maybe people that do those sorts of books just are better at managing Facebook. I don't know, but it sure seems like quite the coincidence. So number three, why does this matter here, guys? I mean, I think this is an ongoing issue where conservatives and Christians are concerned about the seemingly disproportionate number of times that Christian and conservative content gets banned or in some way, shape, or form censored.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing with this debate, because you'll have the whole question of, well, Facebook is a private company and they can do whatever they want. Like, let's say this mm-hmm. is happening and there is restriction on conservatives, which it does seem to be an exorbitant amount of times this is happening. You know, they'll compare that to the bakers. Well, you know, conservatives want bakers to be able to decline a cake for a same-sex wedding. And, you know, these are the same thing. And I do think there's a problem with that argument. You know, we have some real issues we have to look at here. Facebook and Twitter and these other platforms are so massive that they're actually controlling information and how information mm-hmm. is distributed, yeah. right? So it's not mm-hmm. just the matter of, of some small business making a decision of whether or not they're going to go out of business as a result of it. These are companies that control narratives and, you know, they become so large and so big. And I'm old enough to remember when there were large and big media companies that were regulated by the government, right? I mean, look at <laughs> look at uh, broadcasts. I mean, this yeah. is something that has long yeah. gone on. So. I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying these are big issues, and in this particular case, if it's true that these restrictions are being placed on them over these minor issues, right? Like, what is the real issue? If it's a minor issue of low quality ads, well, then work with the vendor and right. help them fix it, right? Or just right? delete
0: those ads. Like, why? It, it, because they said mm-hmm. in there um, that most of the ads were that they used were. Um, were a- approved by Facebook and we're fine. I think they put ninety five percent of their money in a bunch of other ads, so this was only a smaller portion of it. And for the whole ad account to get banned over these couple of whatever they deem low quality ads, and it, it do- like you said, it does it. It seems to raise some red flags where it doesn't seem like an honest effort to just get you know because if they have certain formatting things, they don't want things getting pushed around Facebook. That that's understandable. But like you said, like why not just work with them? why ban them and again this doesn't seem to happen it only seems to be one-sided and uh um you know i think that's kind of where people get frustrated with this sort of stuff
1: yeah and i I think this is a like a two-part problem and one is downstream from the other i think it's a cultural problem and then it's a technical problem Uh, Because, you know, our cult, we've created this culture, uh, where words are, uh, you know, equal to violence. And if you say something that is offensive to me, or bothers me or makes me uncomfortable, that's akin to committing some sort of act of violence against somebody. So If we've escalated words, uh, even completely innocuous words or completely harmless words, like a child's, child's book about Ronald Reagan, if that's been elevated to the same thing as committing violence, then of course you would want that to be restricted or, or right. people should be disciplined for doing those things because you are hurting somebody in a very real sense yeah. uh, with your words. So th- that's the cultural problem that we need to address Yeah, uh, and, and realize that if we want to live in a pluralistic society, which is really the only way to function, we're going to have to uncouple violence from words because words are not violent. That's a brand new uh, phenomenon over the last several years. And then the technical issue is like both of you have said, uh, as Seth Dillon over at the Babylon Bee has joked about this several times in the way that they've been restricted on social media is all of these quote unquote mistakes that social media outlets commit, whether it's MailChimp or Twitter uh, or Facebook, uh, it, is very one-sided. It always only happens to conservatives and then, you know, they take the action and it does the damage that it's gonna do. Uh, And then two, three days later, they can say, oh, I'm so sorry, we never intended to do that. It was a complete accident. It's like, well, in that instance, you got to have your cake and eat it too, right? You made a mistake, you got the intended result, which is, you know, suppressing traffic for a conservative or Christian outlet, whatever, Uh, and then you can apologize and kind of clean your hands up and say, we never did anything wrong. It was just just an algorithm that made a mistake. It's like, how come the algorithms only make mistakes uh, toward conservatives or Christians when the algorithms are supposed to be completely blind and and not human? Right,
0: right. It's supposed to be blind, and I think that's where people are just incredibly suspicious with good reason because of that one-sided thing where there's a reason why so many of these rules are so vague. and and so uh, up to uh you know um, discernment of these platforms facebook twitter youtube they make these rules so vague because they can then hide behind them and then because you could they could if they didn't like one particular point of view they could suppress that all day long and then when they get caught they've got these vague rules to sort of hide behind i I think that's the impression that it leaves if it's true or not i don't know but that's certainly the impression it
2: leaves but and at what point are these companies, just going back to this, because I think it's the core question, so large that a conversation, and I'm going to say the word and it's going to make everyone cringe, <laughs> about regulation has yeah. to be had, right? Like whether we like that or not, at what point does that happen? Or do we just say, well, I guess we're comfortable with a, with massive companies cutting out half of the population from participation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I do think the first step toward that though is at least being transparent. These companies need to be honest about where they're coming from and Mm -hmm. what their intentions are Uh, until we, until we have that level of honesty, none of this is going to get fixed regulation or otherwise. Um, But I know we could talk about this for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) So let's move on to story number two. Uh, So an Alcoholics Anonymous group in Somerset uh, over in the UK, uh, they're facing some internal scrutiny after being caught Hold your breath, guys. This is this is bad. They were caught reciting the Lord's Prayer oh, at no. the start of their oh. meetings. Oh no, oh, that, that
0: sounds very violent. Gosh. Words are violent. Are yeah. they in jail? Are they in jail yet? I hope it's,
1: it's bad. Uh, so, <laughs> so, but uh, higher ups over there in the AA uh, council, they reportedly told the leaders of the group uh, that their meetings were too Christian focused. <laughs> Uh, And as a result, their group was removed from the organization's online directory of AA locations in that region. Uh, So here we'll start number one with the details. John Palmer, the treasurer of the Somerset AA group, condemned the organization's decisions. He called it shocking and ridiculous, uh, according to a press release from the UK-based Christian Concern Advocacy Group. Uh, He said AA was founded by Christians to save and transform lives. Uh, He mentioned that he uh, started attending AA in the 1980s when when he was an addicted wreck. Uh, after spending years struggling with alcoholism and credited AA and his faith for saving him. Uh, He said, over the years, I've seen Christianity being eroded and marginalized from the organization as a whole. It is sad to see, and I think AA is having less of an impact on people's lives as a result. Uh, So many AA groups in the U.S. and UK, around the world, uh, they hold their meetings in churches, and a lot of them even do say the Lord's Prayer, but for some reason, this one was uh, targeted Uh, He said, of course, you don't have to be a Christian to be part of an AA group. But if you cannot say the Lord's Prayer in a church without being treated like this, what are we coming to? Uh, We were shocked when we found out about the action being taken against us, but we are determined to carry on. So according to the Daily Mail, uh, concerns about the group in question were raised during a meeting between AA administrators in Somerset. Uh, Critics described the group as lovely, uh, but not run along AA guidelines. Uh, Some uh, voiced their disapproval uh, after they claimed that the only way to recover is through Jesus. Those are some members of the group said that the only way to recover is through Jesus and that turned off some of the administrators of AA. Uh, they said they've gone against the traditions uh, of AA, and there's nothing wrong with talking about Jesus, but it's not an Alcoholics Anonymous group. Uh, so that's that's where they are, and that's why they have been essentially censured mm. and, and have been removed from the directory. So number two here, uh, this is a, a bit of a response from Christian Concern, Andrea Williams, the chief executive there. Uh, she's condemning AA for separating and punishing Uh, the Christians in the Somerset group. She said, The message of the gospel is of a Savior Jesus who came to bring hope to every one of us. The power of the gospel message is what inspired the setting up of AA following the radical transformation alcoholics experienced after encountering, encountering the hope and healing found in Jesus. Separating and punishing Christians so that they cannot attract new members for sharing the gospel message of hope is disturbing and ludicrous. And I think that's why it matters, is that this group, uh, like you said at the top, Dan, it was founded on Christian principles. Uh, It was founded many, many, many years ago. Uh, The principles of AA were born out of what was called the Oxford Group, which was a Christian organization founded in the early 1900s by a Lutheran minister working as a missionary. Uh, And then Bill Wilson, he ended up founding AA. He credited Sam Shoemaker who is the U.S. leader of the Oxford Group, which originally was based in the U.K., uh, as a key figure uh, in establishing the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous. Bill Wilson was a Christian, Sam Shoemaker was a Christian, and obviously Oxford Group was a group of Christians. Uh, And this is what Bill Wilson said many years ago. He said, the early AA got its ideas of self-examination, acknowledgement of character defects, restitution for harm done, and working with others straight from the Oxford Group and directly from Sam Shoemaker and from nowhere else. Uh, So it's clear that this was rooted in Christianity. And like I said, a lot of groups here in the United States uh, without any problem say the Lord's Prayer, Uh, but this uh, became an issue here with this group and Christian Concern is saying Mm. that it's nothing more than cancel culture. I think that's why we need to talk about it. We need to highlight these kind of stories because this is what's happening more and more.
0: I'm just wondering if the uh, individuals that went ahead and called them out on being too Christian. Have they spontaneously (laughs) combusted into flames yet? I just, uh, I'm just, (laughs) I mean, I mean, just, you think about that. And this is one of those stunning things where you're like, I wouldn't want to be the person that's going, you know what? Stop being so Christian. Stop all that Jesus talk. Uh, I just, you know, as a Christian, I, I fear for those people. That's, that's, that's kind of where I'll leave that one. But I, but I also, you know, am thankful for those Christians who, obviously stood by their convictions and uh, we're doing what, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be blessed for that, for their faith in that situation. So.
1: And they're uh, still meeting too, by the way, Uh, the, the, the treasurer there, like I was talking about earlier, um, he said that they're going to continue to meet, even if they're no longer officially affiliated with AA, he said they're going to continue to meet and they call themselves now the real AA uh, because they've returned to the Christian foundation. Uh, of the organization,
2: yeah, yeah, isn't it funny? I mean, the devil's just so busy. I mean, the, these people, yeah. they're just they're they're so deceived. and the one solution that we have to things in society and culture when things in society and culture are crumbling is the very thing that we're all pushing out of the way and that we're, you know, I think that the best thing we can do is not allow it to be pushed out of the way. Good on them to continue meeting and to continue, you know, doing what they do. I just I don't know how you get into a headspace like you were saying, Dan, where this is something you see as such a (laughs) terrible thing that you need to punish other people for. Like most people culturally, even when they don't agree and they're not Christians or even believers in God, they understand it. They understand it's important to people. Exactly. like move on. Yeah. Why? why? Uh, yeah. anyway no anyway. well let's let's move into our our next story here, which honestly is a very very tragic, sad story. It involves Big Daddy Weave, a popular Christian music group. Now, Jay Weaver, who is one of the original members of that group, he died on January 2nd yesterday due to complications with COVID-19. And it's really a tragic story because Jay um, has been through a lot over the last couple of years, and uh, we'll get into that in a moment, but the band actually posted a message, you know, speaking of the power of prayer, um, January 1st, asking for prayer for not only Jay, but for his wife Emily and their children, uh, because they said, look, he's struggling, he's in the hospital it's been a long battle they said quote jay has been in the hospital for 5 days fighting a tough battle against covid would you pray with us for complete healing for jay and for peace for his family and you know they they put prayer out there and it's really it's especially tragic obviously this season it's not, We just came off of the holiday season. It's a new year, and uh, his wife had put out a statement saying, I just want my best friend and everything to get better. They had been through a couple of months of difficulties. Back in August, Jay was in the hospital due to some health issues from complications with dialysis. They weren't sure he was going to make it out of the hospital in August. So he had underlying health issues, obviously, um, and then came down with COVID. And so they've had a tough year. The family, they went from praising God in August to having this struggle. Uh, But his brother, Mike, and this is sort of the second point here, I thought this was really powerful, put out a video uh, last night thanking the fans for their prayers and proclaiming that his brother had gone to be with Jesus. Um, And I want to just read a little bit of what he said here because it was really moving. He said, quote, You have walked with him through a huge fight. My brother Jay went to be with Jesus just a couple of hours ago. Even though COVID may have taken his last breath, Jesus was right there to catch him. And he said, look, you know, our hearts are broken my family's hearts are broken. Uh, but he expressed joy that his brother was with the Lord. And K-Love, you know, many people listening are probably K-Love fans. Uh, they put out a statement. Lots of other outlets that had worked with Jay put out a statement asking for prayer for the family. Um, and again, this it wasn't just health issues this year. Back in 2016, you may remember that he had to have both of his feet amputated. Mm. Uh, he had a he had a really serious infection. So this has been years of health problems and, and a really sad conclusion there. You know, and why does it matter? It matters because you know we see the the perseverance and the and the power of prayer and bringing peace to the family. Seeing his his brother Mike come forward and just speak to the public, thanking them. You know, when when you're in the public eye and something like this happens, it's it's often hard. You're grieving in public. And that's a, that's a tough thing, but seeing them live their faith out through this difficult time. And I think the big call for all of us is to be praying for his wife, Emily, and for the entire Weaver family, especially those, those three children that he has that are dealing with this unimaginable loss.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it really hits home. I mean, we, there's a lot of talk on COVID and mandates and then you see something like this and, and obviously he had some underlying health issues there that exacerbated, likely exacerbated his bout with COVID. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just super tragic. And, um, um, you know, again, I always appreciate when people share their faith in the midst of these sorts of situations and, uh, you know, a big loss, you know, that you don't know how God's going to use that. Um, but yeah, nothing, definitely just prayers for the family there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that these stories where people are willing to be transparent about their fight, uh, with with COVID or their the loved ones who are left behind and and struggling uh, to to put the pieces back together, but them being transparent about the faith journey that it's that it's been for them and how they've grown and how God has stretched them, and maybe at times have when they felt distant uh, from God, uh, it's it's good because it kind of gives us a blueprint if you haven't been there, like because it's, it's easy to, to kind of think about these things in the abstract, but when you see somebody actually going through it, uh, yeah. a lot of times it's encouraging to think, okay, if they can do it, if they can lean on God, uh, then you know they've paved the way. It's a testimony that I can kind of rely on. And that's what community of believers are for, is to, to share each other's burdens and to encourage each other, uh, to mourn with each other. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for the body of Christ to do that. Um, so definitely be in prayers for them, be thinking about them. And uh, if you're in their community, uh, whether it's them or anybody else who's going through a difficult time, just look for people around you who are, who are, are needing encouragement or needing prayer because uh, there's there's always somebody who's in need of something and, and there's a way that you can help.
2: Yeah, and not being afraid to to openly admit when you're struggling. This is a guy who, yeah. in 2016, went out there and shared what he was going through, shared his testimony, having both of his feet amputated, going through all of that. You know, th- they've not been quiet about these struggles. They've been vulnerable. They've opened up. They've shared them. And so it's been a it's been a journey of different issues and things. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was people paying tribute to him and saying how kind he was, even mm-hmm. through all of those things that were going on.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, hey uh, guys! Before we roll out here, let's uh, we got a we got a good story here that we can end on, and I have not seen a mainstream media outlet cover this. Have you guys? I, I have not. Um, no,
2: I haven't seen this. I happens have every
0: year. It happens every year that there is a massive gathering for a passion event, and it's thousands. I think tens of thousands. They usually fill up a big stadium uh, uh, with young people and college age and. I forget what the age group is exactly, but, um, they did it again here. I think it's going on right now. And there's, they're filling a stadium, 65,000 Christian college students, uh, gathered inside the Mercedes Benz stadium there in Atlanta. And they do two days of wow. worship and Bible study. And it's, I mean, that's, that's insane. I mean, if you had 65,000, um, you know, people from, uh, what was that, uh, protest back in New York a, a bunch of years ago? the Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. I mean, if you had a (laughs) hundred people at Occupy Wall Street, the media goes nuts over it and they have to have like a national, what does this mean? What are all the kids? This huge turnout, but, (laughs) but then 65,000 college students are out there worshiping God. And it's kind of like crickets.
2: Well, yeah, because, and they probably, because they don't associate most of the people in media in big cities with anybody outside of their big cities, they, they don't even realize don't this even stuff know. is going on. Don't even well, know. isn't
1: that what isn't that what happened with the uh, when the the CDC was which the, this is a whole other thing. <laughs> but the CDC was trying to was going to let the um, let the what was it the moratorium on rent they were going to let it lapse yeah it was like tens of people showed up in dc to (laughs) protest this and it was like wall-to-wall coverage on cnn but something like this like you said it's just yeah it's uh, all 15 people are on the Capitol steps we gotta get we gotta get there yeah get someone there fast it's almost Um, like it's almost like when the
0: protest matches a narrative the media likes they find a way to get it done
1: it's almost yeah. as if that's what happens. It's almost. It's I don't almost,
0: know. So it's, yeah.
2: Maybe, yeah we, it's like the March the march for Life, right? Which they also right. pretend doesn't happen every year. It's coming up, yeah. which we will be yeah. at,
0: by the way, guys. You two will be there. And yeah. uh, Get ready, everyone. Full Get ready. team coverage. And um, I know Billy and Trey will be cursing us. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, when it's 12 <laughs> when degrees out there and you're walking When around. we're buried under yeah, the snow. Under the <laughs> snow. <laughs> but it's always amazing to see the amount of people that show up that are, yeah. like you said, Billy, it's, it's it's the same thing as this. It doesn't fit the narrative that this many people actually are pro-life. And it's, yeah. it's always a stunning visual, which mm. is precisely probably why you'll n- never see it on the mainstream <laughs> media. They're not going to have the glorious camera shots to show the big crowd support, but we will. We will. We're going to have a live stream on YouTube and Facebook. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, always good to see that many pro-lifers out there. And so we'll, we'll keep you posted with the details on that. Stay tuned to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com as always. And keep an eye for more information on that. Don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter. You can go to FaithWire.com slash newsletter. And you can go ahead and get that. We'll have, we'll have all the updates on the March for Life coverage that we have coming up. Uh, and more uh, over there on FaithWire.com. So God bless. Happy New Year. We will see you back here tomorrow.